Hello, everybody. Welcome to the RPG Academy. Today, we are having a special show-and-tell Kickstarter edition episode. As usual, our show-and-tell episodes are where we bring on someone cool in the gaming industry to talk about something new that they are working on. Uh, today, I am joined by a special guest talking about a brand new Kickstarter, which will be live at the time of listening to this podcast. So I'd like to welcome Alan to the RPG Academy Studios. How you doing, Alan? I'm great. I'm excited to be here and, uh, and to talk about games. Well, thank you so much for coming on with us tonight. I really do appreciate it. Um, we are here to talk about a brand new game that you have on Kickstarter today. Uh, it is a pretty fun genre, one of my favorites when it comes to what to watch on the movie screen. Why don't you tell us a little bit about it? Sure. So the uh, RPG being kickstarted is named Tiny Frontiers Mecha and Monsters. And if uh, Pacific Rim had been an RPG, this is what you're buying. That right there has me sold. I, I don't think we need to continue the interview at this point. Oh, man. Well, I blocked out a whole hour. So. Oh, geez. Pacific Rim, the game. Done. Go to Kickstarter right now. Right? <laughs> uh, that's really cool. Um, giant robots, giant monsters. Love that yep. stuff. I, I grew up watching the old, old, old school Godzilla movies with my dad. It was just something we always did on Saturday afternoons. So there's a lot of fond memories there. All right. Of course, I love Pacific Rim. It's just one of my favorite movies ever. It's just good, good, clean fun, right? Of course, of course. Big things punching each other. I mean, who cares? You don't need more than that, right? I don't. I didn't. <laughs> of course not. You said, hey, I love this so much. I'm going to make a game where we can just punch things and, and play pretend. Oh, well, there's a little more depth to the game than that. Oh, there, there's more mechanics than just punching monsters? Well, you can shoot the monsters, and you can throw them through buildings. There are rules for uh, using cities as weapons. So, Oh, man, Alan, this is so exciting. This is really fun. Uh, let's, though, start with a little bit of foundational work. Uh, sure. You have a gaming company out there, Gallant Knight Games. Yes, Gallant Knight Games is my and my wife's gaming company. So it is a family business, huh? How's that going? Uh, well, we have one very successful Kickstarter. I say very successful in that I measure success because as of today, we're actually shipping out our physical books, which is four months early from our deadline. Wow, that is cool. And is this the uh, original version of Tiny Frontiers? It is, yes. Okay, okay. We will get to Tiny Frontiers in a moment. So... Uh, Gallant Knight Games has one successful Kickstarter under its belt, and you guys have decided to have lightning strike twice and, and build upon that success with Mecha and Monsters. That's really exciting. Uh, congratulations on moving forward so well here. Well, thank you. I appreciate it. Uh, so why don't we talk about Tiny Frontiers a little bit? Tiny Frontiers is your first game. Uh, it is titled on the book, A Minimalist Science Fiction tabletop role-playing game. So why don't you describe Tiny Frontiers a little bit, and uh, we'll use that to uh, get into what makes Mecha and Monsters so interesting and unique. Sure. So um, Tiny Frontiers uh, is based on the game Tiny Dungeon. Um, Tiny Dungeon came on Kickstarter in 2014. Uh, I bought it. I loved it. And the company that produced it, uh, Smoking Salamander Games... Uh, I worked with them to get a license to create a unique 
uh, science fiction version of the game with my own rules and modifications to the game. And so it's uh, it's sort of genreless, and we kind of give you a whole toolbox of very simple, very light mechanical rules to allow you to play quickly and just have fun without consulting a lot of tables and charts. You know, um, my first science fiction RPG was Traveler, and I love Traveler. I love the character generation, the big complicated tables, the dying before you're finished and starting over. I think it, I think it's great fun. But sometimes you don't want to spend five hours making a bunch of characters with everybody. You want to pull out a game and play. And so Tiny Frontiers was my answer to the science fiction RPGs that have tables and charts and piles of rules. This is, this is a very simple game. It's, it's roll 2d6. If one of those dice shows a 5 or a 6, you succeed. Uh, if you have advantage, you get to roll 3 dice. And if you have disadvantage, you only roll 1. And that's it. Never more than 3, never less than 1. 5 or 6 is a success. All you need is 1. That is super simple, very easy. I think that is a great rule set for anyone, whether you are a seasoned gamer or whether you are someone brand new to the hobby. Very easy mechanics to understand uh, and a very simple concept of you have an advantage on something, you have a disadvantage on something. More dice, less dice. You're not changing the numbers you're getting. You're not changing how the dice roll or what they mean. It's just very simple, very streamlined. I like it a lot. Well, I'm glad to hear that. We're very proud of it, and we we had a great foundation to build upon. Oh, definitely, definitely. Um, I, I was reading through uh, Tiny Frontiers. Uh, it hits that real nice sweet spot between a rules-light narrative-focused game and the more crunch-heavy, rules-intensive game. Uh, the the book itself, the, the first, uh, what, 20, 30 pages are all the rules and options, and the rest of it is just all story hooks and mini settings. So you, you definitely put the emphasis on flavor and finding the right story to tell. I think that is a great emphasis. Thanks. Um, yeah, it was... Uh... It was a really fun idea I had. So, uh, the the original Tiny Dungeon book was, you know, maybe 20 pages tops. And I was like, all right, there's going to be some more pages because i got to put rules for spaceships. And there's got to be rules for mechs. And all this stuff has to exist in there, right? And then I'm like, but that's awesome. But where the tiny game line thrives is something you can pick up and play, right? Character generation is you pick a race. You know, you pick three abilities, and you're done. Like, it's, it's super simple. And it's something you can just jump right into after 15 minutes. But 15 minutes is not enough time for a GM to prep a one-off easily. You know, if you're doing it as a one-off, or to do the next session of the campaign if he hasn't had time to prepare. And so what we did was instead we went to a bunch of authors, um, you know, fiction writers, some of them on the New York Times bestselling list, we went to game writers who've written on many games, some people who've written on a 7C, second edition, um, done their own games. Uh, and we said, hey, if I give you, you know, 1,500 words, I want you to come up with a very high-level, adventure-filled, super cool science fiction game that is different. And so we ended up with everything from Firefly to Dune to He-Man-style, uh, what we call micro-settings. You know, they're not super detailed, but they're enough to, you know, play six to ten sessions with easy. And I think that is where the mechanics in Tiny Frontiers really shine. They are so simple, they allow you to 
adjust the game and figure out how to do whatever you want, but there's also enough depth to make that gameplay interesting and exciting. Uh, as you said, Alan, it, character generation is quick and simple. You pick a race, you pick what you do, you pick a couple items, and you're on the road. <laughs> there, there's not much more to it. And uh, Tiny Frontiers, uh, which, as you said, you are shipping out your Kickstarter stuff. Um, I'm, I'm reading a, a digital version of it, so uh, that is out there uh, to, to flip through as well. It feels, like you said, it, it's it's not specific to one property, uh, but it definitely smacks of that feel of every sci-fi space adventure trope that you want to get into. There's there's some Star Trek, there's some Star Wars, there there's Firefly, there's Dune, there's a little bit of everything. And there's all these little gems that you find, uh, especially going through the uh, the trait list. There was so much fun stuff in there to read. I was like, oh, this is from that game. Oh, this is from that, that genre. Oh, this is from that movie. It, it's just really exciting. I could say, oh, I could just play this character or I could make up my own character and just kind of feel it out, make it something different. So I really like how how much freedom you give to players as they're working uh, in the system here and how, how Tiny Frontiers really allows players to, to find their niche and do whatever they want. I think that's it's a really well done system. Well, thank you. I uh, I appreciate the compliment. So, what made you decide to take these rules and throw in giant robots versus giant mutated monsters? So we finished Tiny Frontiers, and I had I was pleased with the success of the Kickstarter. You know. Um, we're, we uh, we made enough to make the game, do the art, everything. It went great. Um, and I'm like, I want to do more because it left an itch that I hadn't quite scratched. And I was like, oh, I know we put rules for Mecha in here. You know, buying Tiny Frontiers lets you make a mech and you can everybody can be in a mech. And I was like, but what if I want to be in a smaller mech? Or I want to be a transforming mech? Or what if I want to combine five mechs into a super awesome glowy sword space knight? And I went, I can't do that yet. And then I said, ugh, but I don't feel like I need a whole rule set for that. And then I wrote it and realized it was a whole rule set. <laughs> but uh, And then I was like, but it needed something more. And so I'm like, well, you know what games never let you do? They never let you play the monsters. Like, there's not, I don't know, I don't, there, there's, there's probably one. There's an RPG for everything under the sun, right? I say that like it doesn't exist. It exists. It's out there. I just don't know. But I've never been able to go, I want to be Godzilla today in this game. And I want to just squish a town. So I said, well, let's make rules for the monsters that are compatible with the rules for the mechs. So as with all great role-playing game ideas, you had a little nugget of an idea. You started working on it. And it grew to something that took on a life of its own. And that is why you are on Kickstarter with Tiny Frontiers, Mecha, and Monsters, the, the new edition, right? Uh, it's, a, it's, a, it's an expansion, actually. An expansion. Okay, so, yes. so the rules stay the same. This is just an expansion for the new setting, the new 
pick up a building and throw it at somebody, that kind of thing, right? So the rules stay the same. Um, there's all new. So I should rephrase that. So the base mechanics are all the same. It's still the advantage, disadvantage, roll one through three, d6s, five or six, you succeed. But we added some extra rules on top of that. So, for example, uh, Tiny Frontiers Mechas and Monsters has variable damage. So the mm. regular Tiny Frontiers, whenever you do an attack, you just do one damage. That's it. Um, with Mechas and Monsters, you know, we were playing and we're like, man, just doing one damage with my giant plasma cannon doesn't feel very fun. What if it did 1d6 damage? Mm. You know, or what if I could fire six missiles as one attack, but they're all six attacks made at disadvantage that all do one damage. And so we've kind of, we've kind of taken it a step up and said, it's still minimalist, it's still very simple, and we try to distill it down to the core, but we've definitely added a level of, not necessarily crunch, but a, an extra level of rule layering to say, here's the next step in the game. Okay, well, that makes a lot of sense. Um, it, it kind of feels to me like, like from what you're describing here, uh, you're just adding in different options uh, to make things more on theme, to help it fit the genre a little bit better. Right, exactly, yep. So why don't we talk about some of that stuff that makes uh, Mecha and Monsters so cool. Um, in, in just Tiny Frontiers, you pick a guy a fellow to play and, and maybe you're an alien maybe you're a robot uh in, in mecha and monsters uh is your character the giant robot itself or are you playing as the pilots of the mecha so that's where the expansion comes in so mecha and monsters there are there are pilot rules i say that i'm uh, making quote fingers you can't see this because we're only talking right yeah, this is this is a, that's a visual bit for an audio podcast which is what we do really really well here thank you for just embracing what we do at the rpg academy alan spot on thank you that's what i'm here for so you can play your pilot but there's there's not really a lot of rules it, it's really just when you do your pilot stuff you roll 2d6 and you have like five hit points you're done every pilot looks the same so you need Tiny Frontiers to tell the pilots' stories separately from the mechs. Ah, there we go. So there is a, a, an interesting way we could combine the, the, the two books here. So we could have a, uh, a campaign arc where we are the pilots running around getting gear, getting supplies. Right. Uh, in, the, in the Shatter Dome. Uh, waiting for the monsters to attack, right? Right. Playing, playing basketball, doing your research, what have you? Right, absolutely. And then, uh, and then when the the kaiju rise up out of nowhere, oh crap! Now here they are. Let's grab the other book. Time to grab the other rule set. And uh, really, because the characters are so simple, uh, like uh, a pilot character can fit on a three by five note card. And you probably saw that. That's actually what we mm -hmm. recommend you use. So for the mecha, we provide a character sheet that the 355 note card actually almost kind of slots into where the pilot would sit in a mech. Oh, man, that is cool. <laughs> so it's designed to be like a template layer over Tiny Frontiers, a scale up. That was a great design choice, Alan. Well done, sir. Thank you. <laughs> so uh, what kind of stuff can you... Uh, equip your mecha with. I, I heard you mention plasma cannons. I heard you mention rockets. What else can we do? The mechas are built, and uh, I'm going to say this, uh, the kaiju are kind of a mirror equivalent. We just name it differently, right? So where a mecha has a chassis, 
uh, kaiju has a bio form. Sure, that makes sense. But functionally, they're mechanically very similar. We just call them different names. Yeah, just slapping different flavor on top of the mechanics so it all right. meshes together and operates right. properly. Exactly. Um, and there, there's some variations, so they feel different. But for the most part, they're going to feel... You'll, you'll see a lot of similarities when you play a mecha or a kaiju. They'll feel like you're using the same rule set. Okay, well that's good. That provides a nice firm foundation for players as they're jumping between different characters and doing different things, uh, keeping the rules and the mechanics very similar, but letting the different bits of flavor reveal themselves as necessary just delivers a nice, smooth, easy-to-understand gameplay experience. Right, you should be able to play both, and it should feel the same, and the difference would be in your abilities, not in the way the game cool, plays. Cool, cool, very good. So we have uh, what are called chassis or bioforms. So instead of races like you have in Tiny Frontiers... Uh, a chassis or bioform tells you what you get. So every chassis or bioform has what's called structure, which is their health, um, how how tough they are, and, what's, and fuel, which is like an energy stat, and some systems require you to expend your fuel to use them. Okay, okay, so there's a little bit of resource management in there. Right, as a balancing factor, we wanted to limit, you know, this really awesome weapon that does a ton of damage, we don't want you firing it every turn because everybody will just take that. So instead we make it have a fuel cost. Okay. And that stops people from abusing it. Sure, sure. Makes a lot of good sense there. Um, so every uh, kaiju and mechas have four chassis or bioforms. There's a fast one with lots of energy. There's a middle one. There's a slightly heavier one that's a little slower. And then there's like the big colossus that doesn't go very fast, but it's really hard to kill. Okay, I like it. And they all have their own, they all have a unique, uh, what we call system or adaptation or evolution. So they all have a system and then they tell you how many other systems you get. And we have four types of systems. So we have sensor systems, weapon systems, defense systems, and movement systems. And so, for example, the striker chassis, which is the really light, fast chassis, it gets two weapons, one defense, and two movement systems off a list. And that's it. Okay, okay. But we move those numbers around. I'm with you so far. And so that allows uh, that allows everybody to build quickly. You pick your chassis. You go, okay, I get three weapons. What are the three weapons I want? And then you're done. Those are your weapons on your mecha. You know, I get two defense systems where I want. What are my movement systems? And so the kaiju equivalents are the same. So I can throw a knight class mecha against, uh, you know, uh, a gargoyle class kaiju. And they would be functionally similar from an amount of options they have choice, the options they chose might be different. All right, cool. So you basically you are picking the, the body type uh, of what you are playing as, and then that body type tells you how many and what type of slots you can fill, whether they are weapons or armor or movement, things like that. So you're not going to play the same thing every time, but you're going to play the same style of thing, and you can just mix and match uh, the puzzle pieces to do something different in each game. Exactly. It's supposed to be very modular. I like that. I like that, because uh, a lot of times when you're sitting down to build a character, you always kind of find yourself saying, all right, well, I need these three feats, because those are the feats I always use, and and let me grab this weapon and that spell, and you kind of always build the same thing. When I, when I build a, a fighter in 3.5 or Pathfinder, I usually use the same five or six feet trees all the time 
Right, you know, uh, a monk is probably using a staff or an unarmed attack, right? Of course, of course. I, I always grab a, a gigantic two-handed sword for my fighter and grab uh, the power attack feet tree and so I can use double strength, etc., etc. Because yeah, it's clearly superior. Of course it is, and it's fun. I do the, I, I do the same thing. <laughs> Plus, I know it works, right? I know how the feats work. I know how the weapons work. It's easy. It's comfortable. I can... I can roleplay and let the mechanics just do what they do. Exactly. You're kind of doing the same thing because you've got the, the body types, right? We, we, we know what it does because it's the four body types. I pick, do I want to go really fast? Do I want to be really giant and strong? Okay, that's my general. And then how do I want to fill in these blanks? Well, last time I used these guns and this missile and this whatever, but I want to try something different this time. Let's just swap it out real quick. You don't have to read through a bunch of books. You don't have to figure out how another thing works. You just pick something else off the list. It's right there. Exactly. And, you know, we keep... There's a tendency to want to put a thousand items on a list, right? Here's here's sure. 200 weapons. Sure. Pick your weapons. We, uh, we actually keep it pretty tight. I mean, we have 15 weapon systems. That's it. Cool. You know, we only have five sensor systems. Like, your sensors only do so many things before they... Sure. <laughs> They sat. They sense right. Like that's kind of what you're doing the whole time. You you don't need to go crazy. They're sensors. Right. They find the thing or they don't find the thing. So there's a little bit of the same thing again, but it's uh we've we've gone ahead and we've actually made the systems interact differently. Okay. So for example, there's a movement system called bodyguard protocol, and what happens is if an ally would take damage, you spend energy or fuel equal to the damage they would take, and you move adjacent and you take the hit for them. Hmm. Okay. Right? And so, you know, you can do that, but there's a lot of things that say, you know, um, spend two fuel and you may make an attack. Or spend two fuel and you get to test for free to hide because you have camouflage. Mm, okay. And so there's, uh, there's a lot of systems that uh, if you stack them, you can do really interesting things. You know, in our playtest, we had a guy who was in a light mech who he could attack twice and then spend two fuel and with advantage try to hide. So he would show up, attack twice, and blip away. Hmm. And he had a he had a lot of fun discovering, you know, the way these different systems interact. And it's very subtle. Like if, if you, unless you put it down on paper and like map it out, it's actually you wouldn't just see it through reading it. Sure. So I, I like that because that tells us that there is more to the Mecha and Monsters expansion than just different options. There, there's still a lot of depth in there. There's still a lot of interesting ways and strategies and tactics to figure out. So, yeah, jump on board because it's giant robots and giant monsters. But then enjoy the ride because there's all these fun different little strategies that you can figure out to, to really get into combat and make it a blast. Right. And, well, my, my big design uh, proponent... And you'll, if you ever hear me talk in a, like a seminar or something, this is my big thing, is I always say games are fun and they should feel fun. Mm. Right? There, there's, a, there's a kind of a seventh sense, sixth sense. Uh, how many senses do we have? We have five. Six sense is what I really meant. Sure. Um, but it could be a seventh sense. Maybe Six, we have it twice. Seven, who knows? Maybe you're just inventing... Right? So many senses. You're just inventing new stuff, Alan. That's fine. You're on the cutting edge of game design. You're, you there you need- go senses that we the rest of us minions over here don't comprehend yet that's totally fine 
I will, I will take that. <laughs> um, so there's a unique seventh sense to a game where it has to kind of emotionally, mentally, even physically feel fun. Right? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And, that, and that's kind of the big problem a lot of games run into, in my opinion. You know, when you're rolling the dice, they don't feel fun. So, like, with Mech and Monsters, I, I'm, I'm big on baking feel into my games. So, for example, if you have the missile barrage weapon system, it says in the flavor text, this shoots a flurry of missiles. And what the system does is it just makes you roll six dice. And every five or six is a damage. And if they all hit, you get a bonus damage. Okay, I like it. And so the feel of a lot of missiles comes through rolling a bunch of dice. It's the only system that emulates what it does in the game a little bit, in a sense. Yeah, yeah, I like that. Uh, I I am a big fan of the Dread game, for example, right? Oh, I love Dread. Of Jenga, course, yes. of course. And... I realized after the first couple times I had played it, what what really attracts me to it is that tactical, real-world connection between the role-playing right. and what we're doing at the table. It it blurs that line. That's exactly the feel I'm talking about. That kind of tactile connection sure. to what you're doing and the game and your character. Absolutely. And I, I love the fact that, that you're recognizing this and trying to incorporate this in a system that is honestly pretty bare bones and stripped down. But the fact that you're bringing all of this into it means it's not just a simple little rules light, play a one shot and be done with it system. There's a lot of teeth to it. There's a lot of depth that you can really enjoy for a campaign. Right. You know, and uh, one of the one of the big things I try to educate people on with Tiny Frontiers is you know, and and his co-game. Tiny Frontiers is not a game you run a ten-year campaign with. It's never going to be. Sure. We don't have rules for experience. You know, we don't have rules for leveling. The character you make at the start is probably the same character you're going to play unless your GM does some house rule. But that's okay. It's a game designed to be played six times. You know, what you think of your next big epic campaign, and then put away until you go to a con or you have a drink at night, and your buddies just want to throw something down that they can drink and play at the same time. Tiny Frontiers, and that's why that's why we price it so cheap. That's why the game is so accessible. You know, the goal is to get it on your shelf so it's there when you want it. I, I really like thinking about Tiny Frontiers and Mecha and Monsters as a great pickup game at a con. Yep, I always take my copy to a con with me. Perfect, perfect. And hey, a catacon is right around the corner in November. So Ugh. hey. We've got we've got mm. to have some time for some pickup games, and I, I think some giant monsters and robots are going to be invading Dayton, Ohio. Oh, I love to hear that. <laughs> Maybe I'll send you guys some stuff before I uh, give you some guys some goodies early. Hey, that is always appreciated. Uh, I, I think we've got a raffle table. I think we've got some VIPs. Someone's going to get a good surprise. I think is what we're saying here. I love it. <laughs> so uh, Mecha and Monsters is on Kickstarter right now. Of course, the links for everything are in the show notes, both to Tiny Frontiers over on DriveThruRPG and the Kickstarter for Mecha and Monsters. And, uh, of course, to Gallant Knight Games itself. So why don't we talk about the Kickstarter a little bit? Uh, you, sure. you got one successful Kickstarter under your belt. You're wrapping that up. You are returning to Kickstarter for uh, the second iteration here to expand your gaming empire. What excites you about using 
Kickstarter for this type of development? Um, you know, one, it's there's a bit of a community to it. Um, two, it makes my job a lot easier from a business perspective. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm going to be honest. It, if, if it was 10 years ago, it would be much harder for me to do this. Oh, for sure. For sure. Right? And honestly... I would love to be at a point where I don't have to use Kickstarter. My goal is to get to the point where I can say, I can release a new game and I don't need to go on Kickstarter. I don't want to be a company that's on Kickstarter every time. Sure, sure. But Kickstarter is, um, it's a way to build a foundation, right? It's a way to get yourself established. It's a great enabler until I can get my leg up and in the door to where I can just do this. We've said this many times on this show, on others. We are in that golden era of game development where crowdfunding can really help independent designers establish themselves. Exactly. And that is exactly what you are doing with Gallant Knight Games, uh, with these first two games, and whatever else is down the road for you. This is how you build that foundation. This is how you uh, claim your corner of the hobby and make a name for yourself. Yeah, exactly. A corner's a bit ambitious. I was going for a tiny sliver, maybe a maybe a piece of roadside property, but I'll take I'll, I'll take a corner. <laughs> We're talking about giant monsters and giant robots, Alan. I think they need a corner. That's fair. They are they are tiny and big at the same time. <laughs> Which funny story. The uh, the original name of the game was actually Tiny Giant Robots and Monsters. I like that. I like that a lot. But everybody 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 convinced me that it was a little too a little too much. And so Tiny Mech is a monster, you know, Tiny Frontiers Mech is a monster has worked a little bit better. Ultimately, you made the right choice, but I really want Tiny Giant Robots to live on somewhere. Well, it's uh, it's in the intro text in the game. It claims this is a game about Tiny Giant Robots. And I tiny love it. Giant That's good enough for me. That's awesome. That's awesome. <laughs> so uh, with uh, the Kickstarter campaign here for Mecha and Monsters... Why don't we talk about the pledge levels and what backers can expect? Sure. So I'm a big fan of uh, simple Kickstarters, both because they're easier on me as a business to run. They're easier on the backers. They understand what they're getting. Um, I would I would run a Kickstarter with one pledge level if I could get away with that. I can't because, you know, there's a difference between digital, physical, sure, stuff sure. like that. But... If I could, I would just do one plus level. Indeed. Yeah, why not? Um, right. I, 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 my Kickstarter should be as minimalist as my game. It's a good challenge. I like it. Yeah, it's hard to do. So we got we we really only have uh, four pledge levels. Uh, we have a digital edition, which is ten bucks. You just get the PDF and all digital copies of all books. Whatever comes out, you get. The only thing you don't get is like sure. the dice and stuff. Um, we have a twenty-five dollar pledge level. Uh, which is the soft cover of the book, which, if we fund, will be over 100 pages. Um, it's six dice, three mecha dice, and three kaiju mm. dice, um, with special symbols on the sixes. A GM screen, which is tiny and minimalist, as it should be. Um, you get the PDF, and you get a digital copy of everything we unlock. Cool, cool. Uh, we have what are we called the deluxe pledge level. Um, and these are these are my favorite, personally. So, we uh, it's $60. We have some early birds. Uh, they're probably gone at this point, you know, because we're doing this from the past into the future. So I'm assuming they're gone because we're doing well, hopefully. That's a fair assumption. I think that's all right. Um, but what it is, is you get a faux leather custom hardcover with a ribbon. Mm. You get a copy of the soft cover for table use, so you don't have to ruin your nice one. You get a bag that they all fit in. You get six dice, 
You get the GM screen and the PDFs. Everything will fit in the bag, so you can carry everything in a handmade Kickstarter exclusive bag when you go to Comics. I like that. That's a good one. And that's our deluxe, and so we have those. Okay. And then the fourth one is what we're calling the uh, mechanized or the kaijuified level, mm. and for you get to uh, you pay two fifty. It's a little pricey, but you get the deluxe pledge with all the fancy bits and. York, you will get to make one of the five free gens for the mecha or the kaiju based on what level you pick with a custom piece of art done by our artist, uh, Tanho Sim, who is fantastic. He did the cover art for the game. He's killer good. And we'll do that art. We'll work with you to get your character as a free gen, obviously within reason. But you'll be in there. You'll be in the book, and we'll send you a, you know, a screensaver of the art, stuff like that. That is fun. I always enjoy the pledge levels where you can contribute to the game. Those are always the ones that appeal to me. They're always the ones I try to budget and save for because they're so fun and exciting. You know, uh, it's the first time we're trying it. It's a bit of a risk, but we'll see how it goes. I'm really excited to at least try it. Absolutely. Why not? I mean, that's what Kickstarter is, right? You're kind of trying different things. It gives you a little bit of flexibility. You don't have to make that jump of committing to X dollars of art and production unless you know it's going to happen exactly you know and so that's why that's what we're trying to go with here cool cool and uh the art for mecha and monsters is fantastic uh you sent me a preview of the cover before our interview here and of course with the kickstarter campaign being live now everyone can go see that and all the other goodies out there just the art is exciting. It's just the cover. The cover just makes me happy. So I'm very excited to see what other art you guys produce for this book. You know, I, I the art I got back is fantastic. I'm in love with it. And we're kind of going for a movie motif for the whole thing. So the uh, inside cover will actually look like a movie poster with that cover art on the splash page. Oh. It'll say Gallant Night. That's why it says Gallant Night Games Presents. And it has a little... Our tagline slogan we'd come up during the playtesting and the writing of the game was Get Stompy. <laughs> and so that's why it says Get Stompy across the bottom. I love it. That is awesome. And uh, what kind of stretch goals do, do you have in mind here? Any any secrets we can hint at or, or let people know what's out there? Yes. So I'm a big believer that everybody in the RPG community has something to contribute for the most part, right? I mean, obviously, sure. there, there's, there's that one dude somewhere, right? Eh, but, yeah, but we, we don't want to talk about him. That's fine. Yeah, that's not why we're here. I, no, I'm a believer that it's a community that is stronger when everybody is participating. And so we have our five micro settings in the core book um, written by professional authors or game people. For example, we have uh, Stuart Week, who founded uh, White Wolf mm. in the 90s. He's writing a setting for us. Wow, that's cool. Yeah, we, we've got some great people. We've got, uh, we've got you know... Uh, Liz, uh, I can't say her last name. I'm going to say it wrong. Chai Pradicool, I think. Liz Chai Pradicool, um, who she worked on 7C Second Edition. She's done her own game uh, that was very successful on Kickstarter. She's fantastic. She's working with us. Marie Brennan, who is a professional author for a living, uh, wrote an awesome micro setting, which is a competition between a biology club and a robotics club. <laughs> oh, I want to play that one right now. Right? And so, you know, we got this is all in the core book. If we fund, you get all that. You get those five settings. Okay. But every $1,000, we add a new micro setting. And the way we got these, and this is the part I love the most, 
is we held an open call where anybody could apply. Mm. And we picked the best ones, and those are the stretch goals. And we have a crazy ambitious stretch goal, just bonkers nuts, where if we get $30,000, every micro setting that gets submitted will be professionally edited and released in a separate PDF. All these fans will get their stuff in our game. Wow, that's cool, Alan. I like that. I'm a, I'm a big believer in the community should be involved, and so, you know, it's a, it's a little unorthodox. It's probably a big risk because people can't finish it or it's not very, right? You're running a risk, but the risk is worth it to get people involved and feeling like they own part of the shared experience we're all trying to get. Sure, yeah. And, and that's the kind of thing that uh, some game companies get to eventually, right? Uh, at, at some point with some of the big popular games, they'll they'll do something where uh, players can submit story arcs, story hooks, characters. Uh, they'll get something in a magazine in the old-fashioned days or a blog post or that kind of thing. Maybe they'll be collected in a special edition. Forums now. Right, right. Forums posts are ov- always uh, live with player-generated content. And a lot of times then the company says, okay, we're going to pick the best of the best out of the forums and put that into a book, right? Or a, a special edition PDF or something. Right. I, I really like the fact, though, that you're starting with that. Yes, it's a stretch goal. Yes, it's a very ambitious, lofty stretch goal. But right off the bat, that's telling me Gallant Knight Games says we want to embrace – our players. We want to embrace the participation of our fans uh, to to make this game better and more exciting. That's that's what I'm hoping comes across. Yeah. Well, I, I like that a lot, Alan. I think it's it's very ambitious, but it's a very worthwhile drive that you have for your game company and your games. Well, thank you. I, I definitely appreciate that compliment. It's good. It's good to hear. Some days you wonder what you're doing. So. Yeah, in this hobby, when you're uh, playing games, writing games, talking about games on podcasts, some days you wake up and you're like, man, what am I doing? I, I, I wonder that a lot. <laughs> you know, and uh, the open call was a big win for us. We really, we really, we got a ton of submissions. Like, if we hit all this, I think it's going to be 40 micro settings, and they're all different. Oh, wow. So we'll have some in the core book printed, and the rest will all be in a PDF. That'll be uh, made available to everybody for free as part of the Kickstarter, and then we'll sell it as a bonus later. Sure, sure. That's cool. Uh, Having that many different types of submissions uh, of the micro settings. And and if you guys listening to this want to get a little bit better sense of what Alan's talking about when he's talking about micro settings... If you pick up Tiny Frontiers, uh, either from its Kickstarter uh, or uh, Drive Through RPG, you you can see them in there, and they are really exactly that. They are a few pages long, and it's content, it's story hooks, it's maybe one of them introduces some new different things to the rules. Maybe another one just gives you cool characters to play with. It's it's basically like uh, just a, a storybook that you can drop your player characters into and see how they interact. Yeah, well, I'm really proud of that particular format because it's worked really well and it gives a lot of freedom. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, uh, 
You said something, and I don't remember what I was going to say. Oh, during the Kickstarter, Tiny Frontiers is two-thirds off. It's only $5 to get the PDF on Drive-Thru RPG the whole time during the Kickstarter. During the Mecha and Monsters Kickstarter? Yep, we're selling the original Tiny Frontiers PDF for 5 bucks instead of 15 the whole way through. Well, Jesus, why wouldn't you go pick it up right now? Come on. <laughs> the, the link's in the show notes. Swing over to Drive-Thru, spend $5, and get a great book. I probably should have led with that, not 40 minutes into the eh, interview. Maybe I'll, edit to, maybe I'll edit that to beginning. Maybe I won't. I don't know yet. I haven't started editing. That's fair. <laughs> you can tell I'm not the marketing guy, because I didn't think of that until, you know, we lost a third of our listeners. Yeah, <laughs> we're fine. Our listeners are great. They stick around for the whole shebang. They're pretty cool. Uh, but we, awesome. we will definitely put that in the show notes, though, as a reminder to swing over and pick up a really good PDF. And you know what? Some books are harder to deal with in PDF, I think. Some of the bigger, meatier game books. Tiny Frontiers is so easy to read. It's so easy to use. Um, you, you did a great job formatting it. You put all the rules right up front, which I love. When I pick up a new book and I have to flip through 30 pages of fluff before I get to here's how you do a thing, I get a little bit frustrated. You know, and uh, that I'd love to claim credit for that because that means I'm brilliant. <laughs> but uh, my layout guy slash graphic designer, he, does, he did the title logos, he does all the graphic design, Um is Robert Denton. He worked on The Legend of the Five Rings for Alderac Entertainment during their fourth edition. He did the graphic design for that. Ah, okay. And he is a rock star. I, I would say I needed it to be like this, and he would come back and say, how does this look? And I'm like, well, that's better than I ever thought it would look. So <laughs> have, have some more money. Like, <laughs> let me pay you. But he, he's amazing. And all credit due to him and my team. I wouldn't be delivering four months early if everybody hadn't pulled their weight. I didn't have to hound anybody. I didn't have to chase anybody down. Everybody who contributed to this project was on the ball. You know, and I'd love to claim credit for that, but I'm just the fancy project manager who gets to claim credit, even though I didn't do all the hard work. Well, Alan, that just means you have the skills to develop and assemble the right team. I'll, I'll take it. <laughs> That's how uh, Voltron works. So I, I'm, I'm going to be okay with that, I think. Absolutely. Time. Yeah, you you are uh, the Black Lion. You just assemble the team around you, right? I love it. Done. And uh, if I remember correctly, there can be some, some Voltron action with, with Mecha and Monsters, right? Yes. Oh. Uh, there are special rules for combining mechs and transforming mechs, and they are portable to Kaiju. You can actually have transforming Kaiju and combining Kaiju now. Oh, man, I want to rock some Super Sentai Power Rangers combining both Tiny Frontiers for the Spandex Kung Fu and then Mecha and Monsters when Rita makes her monster grow and we're going to knock this out. It's it's funny, actually. The third RPG I wrote was a Super Sentai RPG. It's terrible. (laughs) It'll never see the light of day. It's, It's probably the biggest stinker I've ever written. But this game can do it, and I'm calling that a win and walking oh, away. Oh, man. You know what? I'm going to say it right now. I think I'm going to put together a Power Rangers game for a Catacon. Well, uh, if you ever decide you want to playtest it online with anybody, you let me know. I might have to. I need to make sure I get a good tone. I can be persuaded. Ooh, all right. Well, keep an eye on your inbox here after uh, after your Kickstarter runs. I, 
I know how Kickstarter works. I'm not going to bug you during the campaign. You got a lot going on, but there will be a, there will be a bit. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. I, I think we're going to put this together after the fact here, and and, and we're going to knock this out. This will be real fun. I love it. You know, it's uh, it's funny though because all good science fiction comes in trilogies. When you when you think about it, hmm. you know, all the best science fiction comes in threes or more. So, uh, are you saying there is a something in the future here for more Tiny Frontiers goodness? Are you dropping a, a massive hint on us here, Alan? It might be written and done. In fact, whoa, that's that's impressive. So let's let's see here. We have we have space and sci-fi. We've got giant robots and giant monsters. What else could be out there? What would what would complete that trilogy arc? Hmm. Well, when I when I consider my three giant science fiction properties, right? You've got the Star Wars, Star Trek, space opera style, right? Right. You've got your you've got your anime esque mecha kaiju stories, right? And then you then you've got kind of the gritty, realistic Firefly esque stories, the space westerns and such. That seems pretty logical to me. I, I agree with that flow of, of thought and progression. Plus, you know, if you don't, if you make a sci-fi thing and you don't have an obligatory Firefly reference in there somewhere, I'm pretty sure nerddom comes after you. <laughs> you're, you're, you're not wrong, Alan. You are not <laughs> wrong. Oh, so so there you go, folks. You, you heard it here first. Uh, there's a there's a lot more out there right around the corner. So. What that means for you all is you got to knock Mecha and Monsters out of the park, get it funded, get this team to work putting together uh, an amazing, fun, exciting kind of game. And uh, your reward for doing that is another one that's just going to just going to appear on us. Probably another Kickstarter campaign. It depends how well this one does. If it does well enough, I will just release it. Whoa, there you go. But, uh, but uh, that is, we've got to do pretty well. So, you know, don't count my chickens yet. <laughs> okay. So, you know what? I, I always like to uh, ask game developers what is around the corner for them. You beat me to the punch. You answered that question. And I'm excited. So this is definitely something to look forward to. Oh, I'm glad to hear that. Thank you very much. <laughs> All right. So we've talked about Tiny Frontiers. We've talked about what makes Mecha and Monsters interesting. We've talked about the campaign itself, which is live on Kickstarter right now. Follow the link in the show notes. Check all this stuff out. And uh, we've talked a little bit about what is around the corner for Gallant Knight Games. What else is there, Alan? That's uh, I mean, there, There's always something, right? <laughs> I mean, it, I, I've written Tiny Frontiers Titanium Star Edition, so... Hmm. You know, I, I think that means I've got two or three more ones in the middle of writing, but I'd have to I'd have to look at all these open documents on my desktop to figure that uh, out. Ah, the, the plague of all uh, developers and hobbyists. A thousand different ideas and tangents all trying to fight for control and come into existence, right? So many. And, uh, you know... I, I will have a big announcement, actually, probably in the middle of the Kickstarter. We're in. The, we're talking about a contract with a very exciting thing. Ah, that I, 
I, I, I don't want to say too much, but say if no I more. get the paperwork, say no more. it will be awesome, and I will get to make the game I've always wanted to make. Wonderful, wonderful. Um, are you going to continue with the mechanical structure of Tiny Frontiers, or are you going to evolve beyond that? I originally started as a rules designer. Um, actually, the first Kickstarter I ever participated in was Planet Mercenary. It was a Kickstarter for Howard Taylor's Schlock Mercenary webcomic, an RPG based on the webcomic. And we raised 350k on Kickstarter uh, 2004 to 2015. 2015. Um, at the time, we were the 18th highest funded Kickstarter. Now we've been bumped down because, you know, people like John Wick get to raise millions of dollars and move us down the list. But hey, we did great. And we, we were awesome. And, you know, that's a whole new rule set I built from the ground up in that game. Okay, okay. Um, and I love different rule sets, and I love the feel of different rule sets. So, you know, like I said, all good science fiction comes in trilogies. So once the third Tiny Frontiers book drops, I think that's my uh, walking away point, barring another great idea. Okay. So uh, going forward, you will be experimenting with something new, right? Either full new rule sets or taking other rule sets and modifying, enhancing, uh, growing them like I did with uh, Tiny Dungeon into Tiny Frontiers. Wonderful. Wonderful. I, I think what we can take away fr from this uh, final part of our discussion here is that there is a lot happening with Gallant Knight games. That's what my wife would say. <laughs> you guys are not a, uh, hey, we made this Kickstarter and it's done and now what kind of company. You are always... Looking forward to something new. You've got a lot of things already in the works. My calendar has the next like seven Kickstarters and their development timelines planned out. I think like I'm set for like three years. <laughs> okay, so uh, I I gotta I gotta ask here, Alan. Are you guys doing Gallant Night games full time? Is, is this no? Actually, oh. I, I I have a day job. Well, that's just a bummer. Uh, you know, hopefully someday soon. Um, but. You got to start somewhere. Sure, sure. I, I'm just happy that I'm able to do this. I mean, this is the If it never gets better than this, I'm still just ecstatic to be doing what I do every day. Awesome. Well, that that's great to hear. Uh, balancing a hobby with a day job is always difficult. But the fact that you are so excited by what you're doing. This isn't a chore. This isn't a, oh man, I got to go work on that document. Oh, I got to go figure out this next robot. Oh, I got to go figure out this next giant mutated turtle. You're excited about this, Alan. You, you like what you do. It comes across in your voice. You've got a great product. I love talking with developers that are just excited by what they are doing. So, by sheer virtue of that, you deserve all the success in the world. <laughs> well, I appreciate that. I will just take a tiny portion and share it with the rest. How's that? There you go. Pay it forward. Get everybody involved, right? Wonderful. Well, is there anything else we want to bring up here uh, on the interview tonight? You know, I just want to say thanks. Uh, RBG Academy has been great. I appreciate you guys taking the time out of your uh, schedules to talk to me and let me ramble on about whatever's going on in my head. <laughs> You're very welcome. Thank you so much for being on here with me tonight. I have always said that one of my biggest 
interests here on the RPG Academy with doing this podcast, with being part of this hobby, is finding and highlighting new developers doing new things. So being able to sit here and talk about something that I personally enjoy and sharing it, uh, sharing a passion of yours with our audience, I'm just thrilled. This was a great evening, and I'm so glad we could get together to do it. Well, I appreciate it. Uh, Maybe I'll have to try to come out to um, a catacon. Maybe. Next year. Maybe not this year. (laughs) Hey, that's all right. You know, this is our second annual year. We're going to keep it going. And we want to uh, grow and add more every year. So we definitely want to have you at some point. Oh, I'd love to try to make it. Wonderful. Well, thanks so much. Oh, you're welcome. You're welcome. Uh, Everyone, go and check out Alan's Kickstarter here, Mecha and Monsters. It is live right now. Gallant Knight Games is an amazing little independent gaming company. They're churning out great products. If you couldn't figure it out, I'm a big fan of his stuff here. It was great talking to you, Alan. Check out the show notes uh, for links to the websites, to their current products on DriveThruRPG, and of course, the Kickstarter for Mecha and Monsters, which is live right now. Go and back it. Have yourself a hell of a good time with giant robots punching giant monsters in the face. Heck yeah! (laughs) For Alan, for myself, for everyone at the RPG Academy Network, thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time. Thanks for listening to the RPG Academy podcast, the flagship program of the RPG Academy Network. If you enjoy what we do here, then please check out therpgacademy.com and visit our site partners for additional entertainment and gaming advice. We do this out of love for the hobby and for you, our fans. The podcast and site content will always be free for you to enjoy and utilize. But we do have expenses related to the show. If you'd like to help out in any way, please visit patreon.com slash therpgacademy.com and check out the rewards we are providing for your monthly pledges. We use all funds that come in to improve the show and give you better content and quality. And if you don't have the coin to spend, don't worry. You can still help us out in many ways. You can subscribe to our show on iTunes and or Stitcher Radio. You can leave us a five-star review. Also, if you clear your cookies and you visit Amazon or the DriveThruRPG site through our portal, We get a small percentage of what you pay, and it doesn't cost you anything extra. Just like any RPG, our site works best with open lines of communication. We love talking with our listeners about everything. Please contact us with any questions, concerns, and comments that you have. We also love to hear feedback and experiences from your own games. You can email us via podcast at therpgacademy.com and reach us on social media, such as Facebook and Google+, Plus at The RPG Academy. But Twitter is usually the fastest way to reach us. You can find my favorite co-host, The Caleb G, at The Caleb G. And you can find my favorite co-host, Michael, at The RPG Academy. Thanks for listening, and as always, if you're having fun, you're doing it right.